Good day, my friend. This is uh, an Easter message, a special new message. And uh, <clears throat> as the scripture tells us that Jesus was a real person, God in the flesh, and he uh, was willing to uh, give his life for you and I that we could have eternal life. And as the, as the story unfolds, Jesus was uh, a perfect individual, a human, perfect human, yet God. But uh, we see that he uh, went into town in Jerusalem, there on the donkey, you know, on the uh, Palm Sunday, the crowd's yelling, Hosanna, Hosanna. And then the mobs turn to uh, violence and begin to yell to crucify. Well, he was crucified not long after that, uh, hung on a cross, and suffered for quite some time, and uh, was taken down from the cross because he died. And there he he was uh, taken to a tomb and uh with a big stone rolled in front of that tomb. And uh, Easter Easter uh, morning, the three Marys had gone to the tomb uh, to anoint his body. And uh, he, uh, when they got there, the tomb uh, rock was rolled away. And they looked inside, and there was uh, two angels there, one on the head, in one of the foot of where Jesus had laid. And uh, Mary Magdalene said, uh, what have you done with my Lord? Uh, where is he? Somebody's taking his body. And the uh, the angel said, uh, why are you coming here looking uh, amongst the dead for the living? And so... We're told in that story that Jesus, of course, was resurrected from the dead. But I want to speak to you about the empty promises of Easter. Uh, from John chapter 20, verse uh, 1 through 16. Now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came early to the tomb while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had already been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple, who, whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they laid him. So Peter and the other disciples went forth, and they were going to the tomb. The two were running together, and the other disciple ran ahead faster than Peter and came to the tomb first. And stopping and looking in, he saw the linen wrappings uh, lying there, but he did not go in. And, and so Simon Peter also came, following him, and entered the tomb, and he saw the linen wrapping lying there. And the face cloth, which had been on his head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. And if you get an opportunity to read about that verse 7, chapter 20, 
look it up on your on your phone or concord or something it's it's a very uh, interesting reading about the face cloth it's 20 uh, chapter 20 verse 7 so the other disciples who had first come to the tomb then also entered and saw and believed for as yet they did not understand the scripture that he was he must raised again from the dead so the disciples went away again to their own home. So after they had seen that the tomb was empty, they left. But Mary was standing outside the tomb uh, weeping. And so as she wept, she she stooped and looked into the tomb. She saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the foot where the body of Jesus had been laying. And they, and they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they taken away my Lord, and I, I do not know where they have uh, laid him. And when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and didn't know what it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you carried him away tell me where you laid him and I'll take him away and Jesus said to her Mary she turned and said to him in Hebrew master so what I want to speak to you about today is about empty promises of Easter that and that's not negative, it's a positive thing. Empty, An empty cross, empty clothes, and an empty cave. Easter is the first celebration, is the celebration, rather, of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, the other day I heard a little boy uh, sitting next to his friend in church on, on uh, Easter Sunday. His friend asked, how did you get that bruise on your arm? He said, I ate some Easter candy. His friend said, eating Easter candy won't give you a bruise. The boy said, it will if it's your big brother's candy. I heard another one about two brothers who were getting ready to boil some eggs uh, to color uh, for Easter. I'll give you $10 if you let me break three of these uh, eggs on your head, said the older brother. Promise, asked the younger. I promise, said the older brother. So the older brother broke the first egg over his brother's head, then another one, and the younger brother braced himself for the last egg, but nothing happened. Ain't you going to break the third egg, the boy asked. His brother replied, Nah, if I, if I did that, I'd owe you $10. Now, life is, is full of empty promises just like that. Often, if something sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Some people, people may wonder if uh, the same is true of God. Our God is a God of promises. Jesus promised 
he would raise from the dead. Now this, today I would like to, for us to think about the, the, the promises of Easter. There are at least three of them. Each promise is marked by something empty. An empty cross, empty clothes, and an empty cave. First, I want to mention the empty cross. You see, sin led Jesus to the cross. Not his sins, our sins. Lies, jealousy, anger, betrayal. Not the lies of his accusers, not the jealousy of the chief priests, not the anger of the crowd, not the betrayal of, of, of Judas, but our sins, our sins. A lifetime of sin is enough to rack up some major debt in heaven. You yell at your kids, ka-ching. You covet your friend's car, ka-ching. You lie, ka-ching. You lose control, ka-ching. You give in to temptation, ka-ching. You doze off during my sermon, ka-ching, ka-ching. Ka-ching. Here we go, further and further in debt. The cost of your sins is more than you can pay. The payment of sin, folks, is death. But the grace of God is more than you can imagine. So we see the empty cross promises forgiveness. After six hours of agony on the cross, Jesus whispered these words, It is finished. In the Greek, that means it's paid in full. Then there was the, the, the empty clothes. Over in John 19, in verse 40, says, So they took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen wrappings with the spices, as is the burial custom of the Jews. So they wrapped him in cloth and sealed him behind a rock. All their hopes and their dreams rested in a man that believed uh, was God in human flesh. But then he died. The ground beneath the old rugged cross was moist, with blood. Jesus' death dealt a crushing blow to his followers. Maybe you can relate to that. For instance, tragedies often dent our faith. Maybe it's the loss of a job or the loss of a friend. Maybe God didn't show up when you thought he should have. When life gets hard or hopes are shattered, our faith can suffer a devastating blow. We begin to wonder why God lets bad things happen or if God's even really there. But that's not the end of the story. On the first Easter Sunday, God took burial clothes, a symbol of tragedy, and made it a symbol of hope and faith. And finally, we come to an empty cave. 
The tomb in which Jesus was laid to rest belonged to Joseph of uh, uh, Arimathea. It was uh, newly carved, cut into the side of a, a, a rock wall. I heard earlier this week that a, a friend later pulled Joseph aside and said, Joseph, that was such a beautiful, costly, hand-hewn tomb. Why on earth did you get it, give it to someone else to be buried in? Joseph just smiled and said, why not? He only needed it for the weekend. Now, that conversation may never happen, but it's true nonetheless. The tomb of Jesus was empty as a symbol of life that outlasts the grave. Life everlasting. In other words, the empty cave promises forever. Most people today hope for a long and a happy life. But Jesus offers so much more. He offers forever. He offers eternity. The empty cave serves as a powerful reminder that Christ rose from the grave never to die again. We sing that song, Amazing Grace. And a verse in, in Amazing Grace says, when we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we've just begun. And so if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you have eternal life and eternal hope, and you will have an eternal glory. One of these days after a while. And so we can, can boast to the fact that we are part of God's family and that our Savior and our Lord and our Master Jesus Christ was not in a tomb. But he came out of that tomb 